Having a healthy relationship with money includes periodically taking a close look at your spending. Today, Adrian and Eric consider just 13 of literally hundreds of categories you could examine, offering the potential to save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars every year. Stay tuned as we discuss 13 tips for performing budgetary liposuction right now on the Retirement Lifestyle Show. Welcome. You are listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Show with Roshan Lungani, Eric Olson, and Adrian Nicholson. This show is an exploration of ideas to help you work toward your ideal retirement. Get ready for the financial independence of your dreams. Welcome to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. I'm Eric Olson, one of your co-hosts today here with Adrian Nicholson. Roshan Lungani could not be with us today, but Adrian, great to see you. I'm excited about our topic today. How are you doing, first of all? I'm doing great, Eric. I'm happy you're back. You weren't here last week. It was just Rosha and I discussing the stages of a bear market. An episode I'm sure you'll be excited to listen to. It was a really good one. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear that one. When I saw the topic that you guys had completed, I thought, oh, this will be, this is going to be interesting. So, but maybe the, by the time people are hearing this one, they've already listened to that. So here we go. Today's topic, our dear listener, is one that perhaps doesn't fit the, the profile of most of the clients we serve today. And because most of the clients that we serve today are at a point in their, their lives where they've accumulated some wealth and maybe some of the things that we're going to be talking about today are, are sort of behind them. In fact, this, some of the things that we are talking about today maybe are the very things that helped them, not, I won't say alone, but certainly contributed to their being in a position where today they are concerned about more just how do they manage the wealth that they have and enjoy that for the rest of their lifetimes. But the subject that we have today is how to cut fat out of your budget. And I would say that's probably something that even many of our current clients would say, yeah, well, I have some room for a little bit of fat trimming in my budget as well. So we're going to talk about at least 13 things today that, that you could do or areas at least that you could examine in your own spending patterns to see if there's a way to trim some of that fat out and put you in a position to either redeploy that those cash flows to something else that would actually give you more joy in life or whether it's just something where you allow your assets to accumulate at a, at a faster rate because instead of spending them, you're saving them. So Adrian, you've got a great list for us. Why don't you take it away? Yeah, I'll be happy to dive into the list, but I just want to touch on why we believe this topic is really important today. And there are five reasons that I laid out on why cutting your fat out of your budget is just really important. The first one is save money. The second is it helps avoid debt. The third, it increases financial flexibility. Fourth, it helps achieve financial goals. And the fifth one, it builds a discipline and habits. And I'd like to expand a little bit more on those five things that I just laid out. Because again, I think this is really important on how people can obtain their financial goals and ultimately build long-term financial stability. So the first one I mentioned, save money. This is just an extremely important one when it comes to just cutting the fat of your budget, just making it as efficient as possible. This is, will help you find more money available that you can put towards debt, save for emergencies, or investing for the future. Every dollar you can really save can be added to an increased contribution for your retirement, or it could be 
put towards a financial goal. For example, if you're trying to save up for a down payment on a home or you're trying to purchase for a car, the just possibilities are really endless here when it comes to saving money by improving your overall budget. That's extremely what we're looking for here. The next one I mentioned, avoid debt. This is just a really big one. By cutting excess spending and living within a certain budget or framework that you establish and you're trying to stick to, you can avoid accumulating debt, which is extremely important, especially if this debt has high interest rates. Because I'm sure, as you know, Eric, just high interest rates can really eat away at someone's overall financial plan. What do you think? Well, actually, it's interesting you should say that, Adrian. I was on the road between a conference and seeing some clients in Texas last week. And on the drive from Dallas to south of Austin, I got a call from one of my dear friends. And he was telling me, Eric, I wonder if you could point me to some resources for my son. My son is in a situation now where after his having escaped about $20,000 of credit card debt, he's managed to now bury himself under that much credit card debt again. And it only just now came to light. And this is somebody who's working maybe 30 hours a week. So it's, it's in a situation, he's in a situation now where whew, he's really underwater. Well, on, those, on that $20,000 of debt, his interest rate is north of 25%, meaning he's got about $5,000 a year of interest costs on past, essentially, consumption behavior that he didn't need to do. And his dad explained to me what that included. That included, instead of packing a lunch, pretty much every single day, if not a couple times a day, running into the convenience store and walking out with some candy bars, some chips, some sodas, you know, and whatever else struck his fancy, boom, $12, $15. You do that over and over and over again, it's not a big shocker how you get to $20,000 of credit card debt. So you're absolutely right. It, it's a trap. Definitely. And it just makes it feel sometimes like it's just an uphill battle with these high interest rates. So again, this is why we're really pointing out this topic today, because every single dollar that you can allocate to paying off this debt in the long run will just really help out just and pay dividends on in, in the future. So what that story also brought up too, and that example that you just gave, Eric, leads me to the third one that I mentioned. It increases your financial flexibility by reducing unnecessary expenses. You can increase your financial flexibility and become better equipped to handle any unexpected expenses or emergencies that may arise in the future because you know nobody knows what's going to happen in the future but just having that extra money put away and having your budget really fine-tuned to a point where you can handle anything that comes up can really help you out and just reduce your overall stress if an emergency comes up so that's also something really important here that we're trying to really show you with why this topic is an important thing we're trying to cover today. The fourth one, which I mentioned before, this really does help you achieve your financial goals. By cutting certain expenses and creating budget, you can really prioritize your financial goals and work towards achieving them. And this is just what everybody wants to do when it comes to saving money, knock out those financial goals and work towards them the best way you can. And the last one, this really is building a discipline and habits that will help you out in the long run. Again, by prioritizing financial goals, this will put you in a better position. And developing these habits on how to reduce 
and eliminate certain expenses really will help you be mindful of your spending and help you be better equipped to make more informed financial decisions. And there we go. So that's quite a list and well done, Adrian. So you actually have some specific things, 13 specific areas in which people can scrutinize what they're doing on the, on the spending side and hopefully save some money. What are those? Yep. And I'm excited to share this list with our viewers and listeners today. I got an article from AARP. It was a published online article and it has about 99 different ways to save money in various areas of your life, going from your home to transportation and entertainment and a, and a lot more. We're not going to go through all 99 today. I pulled 13 of the, of the ones that I thought were really important here, but we're going to, we'll be happy to share the article. It'll be in our show notes as well if you want more examples. So to start off, the first one is shop with a list and stick to it. This is a really big one because, again, having a list and line iding line it out to see what you're going to purchase and what you're going to really stay away from really can help monitor your spending and see the best way you can go about it. What do you think, Eric? I'm laughing because my wife is extremely good at this. And the running joke in our family is, is that I often manage to come home with at least one extra thing in the shopping cart. So it might've been uh, some more, I don't know what it was. It's something I saw in the produce aisle oftentimes, usually not just some piece of junk, but, but it's always some addition that I think, well, that'd be good to have on hand. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm guilty as charged. I'm right there with you too, Eric. Some, when I go grocery shopping as well, I never really have a list in mind. I have an idea of what I'm going to be purchasing, but I don't have a specific on what I'm going to and what I'm not going to be buying as well. And having a just a list could really help you stick to it and help you plan out future spending as well. I, that's something that this example can really help with people when it comes to budgeting as well. Yeah, I'm guilty, so, especially if, if I go to Costco. I think, oh, man, I just absolutely need that block of cheese. Or I absolutely need that, you know, what's the, I absolutely need that king-size box, two king-size boxes, not just one, king-size box of protein bars. So, yeah, here again, great tip, Adrian. The next one I have is considering purchasing generic or store brand products. An example I, that lines up well with this one in my life is pet food. That tends to be a pretty high expense for us on a, on a week by week or sometimes monthly basis as well. And the price difference between the store brand products and the generic ones are really big and really does shave off about, about a 10% of our weekly spending just on pet food alone. And this isn't including other grocery products or other household items as well, that if we start switching more to the generic, we can really start seeing some money being saved. Adrian, flesh that out for me a little bit. So how much would, if I had, I don't know, a, a mid-sized dog, let's just say that, um, how much would I be spending on a, a per week if I was spending on the name brand versus if I was spending on the store brand? So I have a monthly amount, and the figure that we're saving on a month basis is $50, which, you know, if you think about it in the long run, that really just does add up overall, and it's not a big change at all, and it's something that really can pay off in the long run. So it's about 12 bucks a week that you can save just by shifting off the, the name brand. 
the premium. Exactly. Mm. And this is just one item we're talking about mm-hmm. as well. If we do this with multiple items, you can really start seeing add up. Oh. Well, okay, great. So what's next? Next on our list is cutting back on dining out and prepare meals at home. And this is a really common one that you see on many articles when you look at improving your budget and spending as well. Dining out or cooking at home, this is a big one. I tend to go back and forth. There are just some months where I just like eating out a lot. It's more convenient depending on what it may be. It just really fits with my lifestyle at the current month-by-month basis. But then sometimes I just get tired going maybe to the same fast food restaurant or eating out. And it may be a little bit more convenient for me just to prepare my meals out for the week or for the month, whatever it may be, where this this does vary. But typically dining out does eat away more when it comes to your budget than having a planned out list that we talked about before and having that planned out throughout the whole week or month. Mm-hmm. I had a friend whose brother was really smart about this and he was uh, he was in a job that was more working with a nonprofit and so he didn't have a ton of cash flow. And so what he would do is on Sundays, oh, and it also involved a lot of evening uh, engagements. So what he would do is on Sunday afternoons, he would make two trays, it was nine by 13 trays of one dish. And it was the different dish every week. I mean, it wasn't so in that sense, it was always the same thing, but he'd make those two trays and that would be what would last him through the week. And so every single night when he'd come home, he knew what dinner was and it didn't mean that he had to go out because he was, he was famished or at least felt famished and had no time, you know, between one thing and his next meeting, he could just run home, pop that little bit of casserole or whatever it was in the microwave and be on his way. So I think that is a, to be able to pre-plan that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you really don't have to start right away or just make a dramatic change to it. This is something you could probably just try out for a week. If you're somebody that dines out a lot for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, maybe one week just try it out and see and then track that spending. And the difference might surprise you. And that can be maybe a more motivating factor for you to stick with it. So these are some small changes that can make big changes later on down. So that's something too people really should consider when we give these examples as well. Just maybe try it out and see how it works. What some may work out well for you, some may not, but just starting out and seeing how that change to your budget can really make impact can really give you a lot of information to work with. You know, I think that you're, you, you gave me a preview of some of the things that you're going to say. And I, so I'll, I want to save my comments on some of this, but there's, a, I think, a direct way because some people may be saying, well, listen, I, I think it's helpful to understand what I could do, but the trick for me is to know how to do it. So I, I, want, I can't wait till you get this to the, one of the points in your list here that, that we can add some value on the, on the how to do it side. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited to get into that part as well. The next one I have on my list is a very, very big one. It's more of a new one is cancel subscriptions and memberships you don't use right now. And I feel like every week or every month there's a new subscription or service, especially an online one that just comes out and people are maybe buying it or adding it to them. And then maybe a week or a month later, they don't use it. A common example is if there's like a show or a movie you're really looking forward to watching and it comes out, you get the streaming service, you watch it, it's really good, but then you forget to cancel it or you might not not use it, 
you could be getting charged somewhere like $10 or $11 a month and you're not even using this service anymore where if you just cancel it, you can save a lot more money. Oh, guilty there too. So there's a couple newspaper su subscriptions that we have that are online newspaper subscriptions. And honestly, I almost am never turning to those news sources. So right there, you've just given me a, a catalyst to go in and, and save myself about 20 bucks a month, Adrian. Hmm. These subscriptions are really the term out of sight, out of mind, where you sometimes aren't really monitoring it, where if you're just managing all these reoccurring expenses that get drawn from your account every month, that could really highlight, all right, these are the important ones. These are the ones I know I'm using sometimes on a day-to-day -day basis, and these are the ones that I never use at all or I forgot to even cancel them. So just really planning it out and seeing what's being charged to your account sometimes on a month-by-month on a -month basis is really important because, again, if you're not using it, just cancel the subscription and save that extra, that extra dollar every week or every month, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just I'm thinking about uh, that's an extra plane ticket to go see my grandkids, so why am I, <laughs> why am I, why am I spending it? What's next on your list? Next on my list is reduce your energy bill. This could be something as simple as adjusting your thermostat, turning off the lights when you're not home, using energy-efficient light bulbs where on a monthly basis this could really lower your overall energy bill, which is something that I think is really good on this list as well. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I do. We have been pretty good through most of our lives about keeping the thermostat down, not especially during the summers getting that cool morning air in the house before instead of having the air conditioner flip on and you know start at seven or eight in the morning and just little tricks like that have helped us a lot I, I will also you know I will also say we we wear layers let's put it that way so it's most of the time during the winter it's not we're not heating the house to 75 or something like that it's usually going to be 60 uh, depends on who's home 65 to 68 just so that we in bundle up even if we're sitting and doing a lot of work just stationary it's still you can be you can be plenty warm if you've got enough layers Yep, that's a really good example. And like you mentioned, it's going to be a different situation for anybody, but whatever you can do as far as on a household level to cut back on your energy bill, especially if you're not home, can, I mean, that's how you really save money in this type of situation mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. A smart thermostat these days, I think, is a, is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree with you. Moving on to the next one, I have cut transportation costs. And there's a lot of ways people can get creative with this whether it's carpooling, biking, public transportation, whatever it may be, just to reduce your transportation costs, especially if you're somebody that travels constantly on a day-by-day -day basis, to reducing how much you're spending on this can help out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. obviously people get different kinds of mileage, but just leaving aside the wear and tear cost, the oil change cost, and other sorts of things like that, just looking at the fuel cost, if let's say you get about, I'm just saying about 25 miles a gallon. I'm sure some people get much more and some people get much less, but let's say about 25 miles a gallon. You're spending 15 cents a mile on gas. So if in a, in a month through just consolidating some of your errands or carpooling or you know things not running out necessarily pre-planning with your shopping list as we were talking about before instead of having to run out to the store or whatever, here's another instance where if you can cut out let's say a couple hundred miles a, a month just going about it that that way, 
or let's even say a hundred bucks a month, then you just save fifteen dollars in in fuel costs, and that's one hundred and eighty dollars a year. Again, for some people, that's gonna they're they're gonna think what that's not even worth getting out of bed to save. But but at different stages of our careers and our lives, and depending on how much other committed cash flow we have to 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 come up with, that hundred and eighty a year could you know, be just another one. You find it 180 here, 250 there, 300 there, a hundred there. And it starts to turn into real money. It, it does. And just being creative and planning it out can really help. If you see yourself traveling a lot the next week, you can see, Hey, maybe I can wake up a little bit earlier and catch, catch the bus. And that will get me on time for, for my meeting or whatever it may be, just planning it out and really seeing where you can cut back is something that really will help you in this area as far as your transportation costs because that's a that's a big one if you travel a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, the on the travel on the transportation costs, the, uh, the other big big area that strikes me is is or the two are one, periodically shop your auto and for that matter your home and your umbrella policies. Different property and casualty carriers have at times reason to adjust their prices and it's sometimes as simple as hey you know what we we pulled in a lot of in, insureds they would be called which essentially represents certain kinds of risks of a certain type and now we recognize that our portfolio of risks has gotten a little bit imbalanced and so let's try to incentivize some different risks to come come on board with us. And so what, how do you incentivize people to do that? Well, with a little bit of advertising and some and a compelling pricing, you can have people switch over. And just on the auto policy alone, I mean, just the, the difference between company A and company B sometimes can be a difference of, you know, a third as much, a third again, more expensive to be with one company or the other. But another big area that for me seems so important is when you're shopping for a vehicle. I think for some people it is, hey, I'm going to, you know, keep my search fairly confined to just a few local sellers. I'm going to probably, let's say, shop new always instead of new, or pardon me, instead of used. And by the way, I don't, I'm not saying that there's never a time that you should purchase a new car. I'm not saying that at all. But in many cases, if you can buy it a two, three years in on a car that has a reputation, a deserved reputation for, for a relatively low maintenance life ahead, then if you can cut off a third of the original price or something of that nature, you've done yourself a big favor. You've got a lot of miles left on that vehicle for, for a relatively lower cost. So, and, and today we're are equipped with all kinds of resources, online resources, where you can define, well, I want this sort of vehicle. I want it for this this radius in miles around my home, et cetera. And you can even purchase vehicles via Internet. I, I'll, my wife and I were looking at one point for a car that just really was important to her. And it was a little black hatchback with a stick shift. She loves a stick shift. I love a stick shift, but she really loves a stick shift. There was no vehicle that was that met the specifications in it, within a thousand mile radius, but there was one in outside of Boston. And so I flew to Boston. I took a regional bus out to this, this one town and from there a city bus out to the dealership. 
worked the deal with them. I had worked the deal with them beforehand, just verified that the car was as they had said it was, checked all the paperwork, and then at that point left and got a fantastic price on it. <laughs> and my wife got precisely the car that she was looking for. So it was. it's just sometimes a matter of, okay, I spent a little money on some airfare and I spent a, you know a day and a half of my time, but my wife was fantastically happy and we saved a lot of money getting the, precisely the car that she wanted. Yes, I mean, big ticket items sometimes, just maybe take a couple extra days, just do your research. Obviously, just take down some things as far as what are going to be my deal breakers, what, I, what do I really want in a car, what are some things you know I could compromise with, and this can really help you really make a good decision on a big financial decision in that case. But that's a really great story, Eric. I can't believe you flew out to go get it, though, but uh, that's a really perfect example here. What's next on your list? Next one on my list is avoid ATM fees. Try to use ones that are within your network because these fees can add up over time. So do you have any numbers about what, what that is? I mean, if, let's say somebody goes and they, they pull, pull, what are they pulling out of an ATM? $20, $40, $60? What's, what do people typically do? Do you have any numbers about yeah, that? Yeah, so, so what I found, if you're somebody that typically withdraws cash from an out-of-network ATM, that's the big key here to this example, an out-of-network ATM, twice per month and incur, you can incur typically a $3 fee each time. So you can save around $70 per year by using an ATM just within your own bank network. Mm -hmm. And that's a good idea. I, when the, in the days before my credit union was doing this and there was still a fee that was attached to it, I would just say, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to pay the same fee whether I take out 20 or 200. So I might as well just take out the 200 and not have to have to, you know, incur that fee again very often. These days my credit union reimburses those fees, so there's a little bit less of an incentive, but it still strikes me as sort of sort of dumb to just take out at least in my case. I I don't that's not indicting anybody. It just doesn't seem sensible to take out <laughs> a low dollar amount for the same fee if you could take out a higher dollar amount. But the downside of that is, is that now I maybe feel like I have more, more cash. I've got more walking around money. Maybe I'm going to be a little bit more inclined to spend beyond what I should. Or just try and tie it into whenever you go grocery shopping as well, because sometimes they offer cash, cash withdrawals when you're checking out. So that's another way where you can just, if you know you're going to go to the ATM in the future, just tie it into when you go grocery shopping or whenever you go shopping in general, just so you can avoid these fees that will add up to, in this case, $70 per year. Going on to the next one on my list, we touched on this earlier, use cash instead of credit cards as well. This is just a big one as we talked about how high interest rates can be where we, the example I gave is a really a uphill battle where you're talking about in that story that you gave, Eric, a 20 was the rate 25%. So that is something that you just want to consider here. Like if you typically spend somewhere around 500 per month on your credit card, you can incur somewhere around a $50 interest rate charge. Just by switching to cash, you could save around, around $600 per year in that example. So really just trying to change the cash rather than using the credit card. And also the psychological aspect as well, where you have cash in your wallet, sometimes it's easier just to swipe the card to to pay for this expense. When you have the cash, you can actually see those dollars going out where you can track it better in that case as well. Yeah, I, I think if I recall correctly, and I, I want to attribute this to the source that I heard it from, which I think was the Dave Ramsey organization, 
I think what they had said, if I recall this, and it's been a few years, but it, if it was, I think it was something like, you'll reduce your spending effectively by 20% with just that one change in your behavior. Because now you don't feel quite so, you know, like so cavalier about each and every expense. So you're still going to pay the things that are important to you. But, but the things that are sort of marginally important to you, if you actually have to pull out your wallet and lay down cash instead of plastic and, and part with that cash now rather than sort of at some ill-conceived time in the future, you'll be more restrained in your spending. I think that's pretty it's, powerful. It is. It's a different type of mindset around money. I think that's a really good way to put it. But 20%, that is huge. That is massive. Mm-hmm. So if you're, obviously your housing is not going to be part of that equation. If you have a car payment or something of those that kind, your medical payment. But in terms of the tendency to, let's say, eat out or what you purchase at the store while you're there because you didn't bring your list or that sort of thing. If you just, in fact, I was just in the store the other day, watched this one couple say to the, to the assistant store, store clerk that was there, you know what, we need to hand you this back because we don't have the cash to cover this purchase. And I thought, brilliant. They're, that's exactly what that behavior is meant to drive. They looked over everything in their car, realized we're, we're a little bit too much. They pulled out the things they thought were going to be the least important to them then and, and said, could you please have these put back on the shelf? Brilliant. That is, that is great. So moving on to my next one, make purchases during sales or events because if you can just wait a, a month later or whatever when there's a promotional event, you can really be saving hundreds of dollars in this case. So really shop around for sales or certain events depending on the time of year can really go a long way when it comes to improving your budget when you're trying to purchase items such as clothing, a a new phone, whatever it may be. There are events sometimes on a month-by-month basis where you can be saving a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I could tell you stories here where we have, my wife is really good about paying attention to those things. And she has a good organizational system so that if there's some clothing or a gift or something like that, that she wants to, she wants to be able to, you know, provide to somebody, she has paid attention to the rhythm of these different stores and their sales and kind of can approximate when it is that that sale is going to surface so that she can just wait until that time to get the gift that she's looking for. Uh, she's, she's a talented person on that. It's a smart strategy. And again, when you're talking about saving sometimes hundreds of dollars, that's something that you really look for here when you're trying to improve your budget. The next one on my list is rent or borrow items you don't use often. And the example I have here is a power washer. If you only use a power washer once or twice a year, look at renting it other than buying a new one when you run the cost for this one. Do you have any other examples, Eric, for this one? Yeah, I'm going to make it sound like I'm just awful and my wife is amazing, which is actually the case. But her big area in this or big point of contrast with me is if there's something that I want to read, there's a book that I think is really well, well recommended. And I want to get my hands on that book. Usually I'm going to run to one of the online booksellers and I'm going to go buy the book. My wife, by contrast, she'll go to the library and she'll use interlibrary loan to get her hands on that book. And then once, you know, she's had got that, she'll read what she needs to read and back to the library it goes. 
honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's somewhere around $500 a year that she saves compared to me on book purchases. That's a, that's a really great example as well here where you are saving far as borrowing other than buying in this case can save you a lot of money for this example as well that you gave. If you're somebody that's just tearing through books like week in and week out, this is a very cost-saving strategy where, again, it's just going to vary by individual. What's something that you typically buy on a week or month by basis that you can just end up borrowing it and save all this money? So thanks for sharing that, Eric. That's a really good example that lined up with that one. The next one, this is a really big one because it's really common for everybody, is consider switching to a more affordable cell phone or a cable plan. Many cell phone providers offer, in some cases, prepaid plans. This prepaid plan will allow you to pay for your phone services in advance, so you're not hit with any surprising or unexpected charges. As far as cable plans as well, they offer sometimes customers new that are new customers better deals, and in some cases, you can negotiate a better price if their competitors if their competitors are offering something better. So really just shopping around, seeing where your options are in this case can save you a lot, especially when it comes to cell phone and cable bills on a month-by-month basis. That is so true. Uh, that's probably one of the one of the biggest mysteries to me of uh, you know different households and their different preferences around all of this. So what would you I don't track what the big let's say the Verizons the you know the I, I don't even know what all the other companies are T-Mobile let's see Sprint went away right so but there are several of these big carriers what would you say is for a family even now if you said we have a, a or two people let's say two people in a household what would you guess is probably the average monthly bill for that household it's got to be a lot, a couple, a couple hundred, and sometimes not even worth it for just two people on a, a plan compared to a large family using it as well. So it it really definitely can eat away at somebody's budget. Well, I've I've asked some people who will have some pretty expensive plans. You know, how much mm-hmm. are you spending? Well, it's one hundred and fifty a month, or for the two of us, or it's you know, like you said, two hundred dollars a month, or two and a quarter a month for four of us, or whatever it might be. But we get. We get a hotspot. We get we get you know unlimited gigabytes, and so we can watch all sorts of stuff on our phones. And um, we get other oh, what was one of the other benefits that they outlined. So I, I would say okay, well that's all fine, but you also could watch you also could watch that movie on your phone if you had Wi-Fi. You just connected to Wi-Fi. Oh, we don't want to connect to Wi-Fi. It's unsafe. Say well, mm, you could get a VPN app on your phone. And that would that would certainly help with the safety question. So in in our case, what we have, Joan and I, I now I know we're super cheap cheapskates. I get that, and we don't buy the phone within the plan. Maybe we should, but we don't. We just we pay cash for a phone, and then we prepay a year's worth of service, and that works out to be fifteen dollars a month, and that gives us in, in at this point five gigabytes of data. <laughs> Plus unlimited text, unlimited calls, et cetera, et cetera. And with that, you know, we keep that we keep that budget basically to thirty dollars a month, plus periodically replacing a phone. So it seems to me, wow, if I tallied up having to spend two hundred bucks a month, let's say, and I did that for two years, now I'm looking at forty eight hundred dollars versus spending what in our case is essentially seven hundred and twenty dollars on the service. 
And maybe each of us buys a, you know, depending on which of us you're talking to, maybe, maybe a $400 phone every second or third year, maybe sometimes longer than that. But you start to realize, wow, okay, even at that rate, it was $1,500. If we did it every second year, you're talking about $1,500 over that two-year span instead of, like I said, almost $5,000. That's a good deal. And structuring it in a way that suits you best, too, is really is a good one for cell phone and cable plans as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the cable, I guess I would say there, too, we bought, a, we spent... 150 bucks or something like that on a really high powered antenna. So that means that we don't have to have cable to get the, you know, the broadcast channels. And then on top of that, we have one of the other services. I guess I can say it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We bought a a nice Roku stick. And so with that Roku stick, then we've got access to a lot of other stuff. And so between, between that, and I, I, we also have Amazon prime. So between that you know, it doesn't feel like we're we're starved for options. And if it, you know, we want to flip on the TV and watch something, and instead of it being, you know, what is that? If that's what works out to be about twenty five dollars a month or something like that, as opposed to what's a common cable package? A couple hundred bucks a month, two fifty a month, something like that. So anyway, I, mean, I think there are ways to trim it back. That's, that's a great example. And like I said, structuring it the way that suits you best and looking for the deals that are out there are how you can reduce these costs. So that's a, that's a good one. The next one I have on my list is reduce entertainment costs. And I have a good example for this as well. So we plan on, my wife and I, we plan on taking our dog on a lot of hikes this the later part of the spring and summer as well just to reduce some of our entertainment costs because it's something new that we haven't tried out, something we've always look forward to trying out and doing. And this is a way where we can maybe save a little bit more money other than just maybe, for example, going to movies or seeing a show or something where we can do something, try out something new that's a lot less expensive. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, learning to learning to find ways of going to hear a community band or a college jazz performance or college theater performance or things of that nature. Yeah, you'll you can wind up wind up in, enjoying life a lot and it doesn't necessarily cost you an arm and a leg. It's a great alternative. And the last one I have on my list is save money when traveling. This is sometimes a really huge expense for some people in their budget as well, depending on how many vacations they they take a year or how often they travel a year. Or you're, the earlier you look, you can sometimes find a better deal or if you have a place that has certain off off seasons where you're going on a less busy time of the year, you can find a better deal in this case. Mm-hmm. I was I mentioned I attended this conference last week, and my ticket from Chicago to Dallas and back, granted I needed to use I think it was five thousand miles. I was able to use, but five thousand miles meant represented twenty five hundred dollars of spending. That and that and $11.20 got me down and back. And I thought, okay, that worked out to be somewhere around about a 4% savings on that spending, you know, spending I was doing anyway on that one card. But I got down there and my friend made me look like a fool because <laughs> he had found he had found another carrier that was without needing to use any miles, got him down and back for $25. So wow. I was thinking, okay. 
This guy, this guy's a machine in terms of looking for low cost travel and, but it, but it can be done. So I'll just, you know, I, I agree with you that, that cutting down on the travel costs helps a lot. Yeah. And we have just so many more examples to go through, but those, those were the main ones I wanted to pull from that list as well. Are there any ones that you want to add on, Eric? Or, Well, we've talked about college and I think for a lot of people, that's a big, big expense. So we will put in the show notes a link to our episode on college spending and how to how to think about saving some serious I mean hundreds of thousands of dollars on that topic I think we're we haven't really talked so much about housing but I think at different stages of your life being creative about how you you work the housing decision can also save you a lot I think there's a tendency sometimes for people to to imagine that they need more space than they actually need and once they you know can situate themselves in a home they they can wind up with much lower ongoing property taxes not to mention a lower mortgage so i'm not this isn't to say i i'm an opposed to a, you know a big large enjoyable home i'm not saying that at all but but knowing kind of where your budget allows you to to be and not have it be so that your house owns you <laughs> instead you own your house I, I i think there's some strategies there too but we can visit those in another show yeah, those are really big ones as well. And I really was excited to go through all of these new ways to really improve your budget as best you can. And a lot of these you add up can really make a change for some people trying to really hit those financial goals that they want to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for having led the way here in our conversation today. And it's too bad Roshan couldn't be with us. But listeners, we appreciate your hanging with us to this point. If you found this valuable, of course, please do let your friends know and, and give them a chance to discover the show as well. You can do that not only by sending people a link, but also just by going to your favorite podcast app and, and leaving a review. And if you haven't subscribed to the show, we encourage you to do that as well. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Retirement Lifestyle Show. Schedule a conversation with Roshan, Adrian, or Eric today at retirementlifestyleshow.com. Roshan and Eric are certified financial planner practitioners. They, along with Adrian, are investment advisor representatives and serve clients across the U.S. with financial planning and investment advice through RTA Wealth. If you found this show helpful, gain knowledge, or enjoy the time you spent with us, tell your friends and leave us a five-star review. This will help others discover the show. To access our show notes, to download any of the tools mentioned in today's podcast, to ask us a question, or to schedule a conversation, go to retirementlifestyleshow.com. All opinions expressed by podcast hosts and guests are solely their own. While based on information they believe is reliable, neither Arate Wealth nor its affiliates warrants its completeness or accuracy, nor do their opinions reflect the opinion of Arate Wealth. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be regarded as specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. The show hosts offer investment advice through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor and securities through RTA Wealth Management, LLC, member FEMRA, SIPC, and NFA. Finally, our music is The Chance by Jason Shaw in Audionautics. 
It's part of the YouTube Audio Library, and it's licensed under a Creative Commons license. I am Ray Voices. Thank you for listening.